0: So, great big good morning! Wonderful good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <Good morning. laughs> to have you folks joining us here today. It just is such an interesting time to live in, right? We have lots of hundreds of people. You know, some weeks we go over a thousand, and uh, who join us online. And it's it's wonderful to have that group. It's wonderful as well to have a studio audience who joins us every week as well. So, I want to just welcome you here to New Church Live. We we have a service for you today that's super fun. I mean, on occasion, it's fun to kind of be a geek. You know, it's, it's fun to sort of geek out and think, yeah, you know, how how would this, how can we twist this a different way to maybe see life in a different way? And, and, and that's so much I think of this spiritual life is we think it's this, and I think God's going, well, yeah, and then can you just like take a little twist? And that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna be taking a little twist as we look at this second part of what is my purpose, part of our current three-part series. It was interesting when we put together this series, you know, how many people said, like, yeah, I struggle, I struggle with what's my purpose, what am I here to do, what am I supposed to do? And, and it's not that I think we're going to come out of this series with everybody going, like, I got my purpose down pat. I don't have mine down pat, that's for sure. And, and I think purpose is sort of this ongoing thing. It's this, it's this flow of life, and it sort of ebbs, and it flows, and and some days we discover our purpose, some days our purpose discovers us. Uh, a whole nother sermon topic I have coming up is the idea that maybe God's clearest voice is the voice of surprise, not the voice of certainty, and uh, you know, where things surprise us. So, so that's what we're going to be, be looking at today is a number of these different contexts as we look at the idea that we only essentially find our purpose in relationship to other people. We only find our purpose in relationship to other people. Uh, That's a big one. You know, Christianity, and in particular, Christian New Church theology, we are not a a faith that believes that you can do it in isolation. You can just kind of do it by yourself. Is it nice to have some moments alone? Absolutely. Is it nice to go up on a hilltop and meditate and think you're enlightened? Absolutely, and probably there is some enlightenment there. Those mountaintop experiences by ourselves are beautiful, and the point of those is to equip us when we go back down into the valley. Joe and Jane bag of donuts, you know, doing our stuff, living our lives, figuring out how to navigate traffic on I-95 figuring out how to do a job, figuring out how do I deal with this customer who is just a, you know what, and a real challenge for me. How do I deal with, with relationships, family relationships that are real hard. That's where, that's where spirituality actually comes alive. And believe it or not, that's where we find our purpose. So it starts with this, with this basic idea, folks. We do not discover our purpose alone. We don't discover it alone. <laughs> In this era, in this time, we, we live in a time where so much of life is about this, is about self-actualization, and and I'm, you know, it's uh, it's it's not a bad phrase, but I, you just got to be so careful with that, right? You got to be so careful. Imagine entering any kind of of intimate relationship and you really believe that that the job of the whole relationship is for you to become self-actualized. Can you see where that would be a little bit of a problem? You know, where's the room for the other person? Where's the room for them beyond just being something that kind of can feed your own view of yourself? Faith, spirituality is much more than that. And it doesn't mean self-actualization is bad. I mean, really having a sense of self is, is incredibly important of the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Two biggest commandments right there. So love of self is important, but it's not the name of the game. The name of the game has to be something much broader than that. And that's where I think, if as we were talking in a group as we were getting ready for the sermon, isolation actually confuses our purpose. I know for me, when I isolate, I imagine for many of us when we isolate, it's hard to kind of see the point of it all. And the more we isolate, the more we don't see the point. Isn't it interesting when when we think about really not getting any point in life, really feeling like my life has no purpose, I would bet you most of us will isolate ourselves in those situations. And that won't necessarily yield the answer that we're looking for. So let's, let's have a little journey here today where we look at this idea of relationship, we look at this idea of how does spiritual purpose connect to relationship, and how does this idea of spiritual purpose, which we defined last week, is where we're just trying to bring this little bit of heaven down into a broken world. Little bit of heaven down into a broken world. As the Lord's Prayer said, as in heaven, so upon the earth. And we started out by saying, we all have a little bit of heaven within us. Every single person. And our job, our purpose spiritually is to look at that, to look at that original blessing, to give breath to it, to try to get rid of the stuff that gets in the way so that so that life can can evolve and can expand into a much richer and a much richer experience. And again, relationship is what will do that. I remember, folks, it's just a little story. You know, we do a lot of service here at New Church Live, uh, doing, a, doing some work at, uh, at Ronald McDonald House, which we've worked at frequently over the years. And, and it's a real simple, a real simple spiritual task, which is cease to do evil, learn to do well. And it always kind of bugged me, like, well, why is cease to do evil first and then doing well second? And then I had this big epiphany. This was probably about 15 years ago. We're down serving at the Ronald McDonald House and I, I'm, I'm doing the service piece and I, I, I look behind me and, you know, as I'm serving, because you get to eat as well, I look behind me and there's a, there's a couple and, and they're there with, with a child and, and because of the way they were, they were dressed, I'm thinking like, oh man, these are just obviously just, you know, fill in the blank, all these judgments about this couple and blah, 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 blah. And, and then I went down and I sat with them, made myself sit with them, and they were the most amazing people ever just amazing and what I got clear on is that was the spiritual journey right here I am in all my judgments not curious in all my judgments and all those judgments would have kept me from ever relating with them and it wasn't until I related with them that I could really stop cease to do evil where I could stop those judgments and instead, learn to do well where I can be curious. Walt Whitman, be curious, not judgmental. This is saying the, the same thing. And that was a profound experience of cease to do evil, learn to do well. It was a profound experience of how relationship can give us a sense of purpose. Because I could have sat in my office and ruminated on that, on, on that concept all day and not have learned it as thoroughly as I did in probably about 30 seconds at the Ronald McDonald House. So what we're gonna do, folks, to to start the service today, we do this a lot, so it's a way we engage our online audience, is we're gonna take a look at this question, who saw something in you that you did not see? So the musicians are gonna come out, and what I ask you to think about is like, who actually, who was somebody who saw something in you that you absolutely did not? they may have seen you as this, or they may have seen you as that, and it it sort of surprised you, but maybe even knew it was true. So just to give a little guided practice, I just asked Ethan to to share with us someone for him who saw something in him that he did not see in himself. Ethan.
1: Well, um, I'm fortunate enough to say that I um, have a lot of people like that in my life and continue to surround myself with those people. Um, If I were to think of one example, I'd say my older brother, Marcus, who you all know, um, always believed in me even at a very young age. Um, He ran a big show back in like 2005 um, that he performed in. I was 15 years old at the time and he had me uh, run sound for the whole show. I was so scared, but he just like knew I could do it. And still to this day, when we're working on stuff together, um, and I don't think I'd be able to do it. He's always showing support and believing in me and making me feel like I can. always helped me along the way. Right.
0: That's the kind of example, right? You know, Marcus, by the way, will be singing up here in a second. Uh, you know, like, the, that's the kind of example we're talking about is it's where somebody saw something, You, I mean, you know, 15-year-old on the soundboard. Marcus has never asked me to be on the soundboard. And, and that's what it is, that person. And what we'd ask you to do is answer that question. You can text in an answer to this number, 215-740-3662. 215 215- 740-3662. And again, we'll be using those answers as part of New Church Live service today. So friends, it is it is so so good to have you here today. Welcome to our church service, and welcome friends to New Church Live.
1: Trouble and you need a helping hand, and nothing, oh, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me, and soon I will be there to brighten. Even your darkest night You just call out my name And you know wherever I am i come running To see you again Into spring or summer or fall, all you got to do is call and I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. You got a friend if the sky above you should turn dark and full of clouds and that old north wind should begin to blow just keep your head together and call my name out loud and soon i'll be knocking upon you Yeah, you just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running as fast as I can To see you again You know I'm talking about a winter, spring, or summer, or fall All you got to do is go home And I'll be there, yeah Hey, ain't it good to know That you got a friend When people can be so cold They'll hurt you And desert you Yeah, they'll take your soul If you let them But don't you let them yeah, you just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running as fast as I can To see you again No, you know I'm talking about Winter, spring, or summer, or fall Yeah, all you got to do is call and I'll be there, yeah, yeah. You got a friend. Thank you.
0: That's such a beautiful song. I always have to be checking that my mic is off as I'm singing backstage to it. What a, what a beautiful song, that idea of that, that idea of real friendship as, as, as might even be thought of from the Christian tradition, real kinship. I mean, the Christians called each other brother and sister, and it was because of that kinship, because of that friendship, because that's how they were going to hold each other with this deep, unconditional love, where they would learn through relationship what spiritual purpose was. It's why Jesus walked the earth, to show us what spiritual purpose looked like in a lived way. The lived moral experience. It's a beautiful idea, and it's and it's one with incredible power to it when we start to see it this way. And, and, and here's where I want to, you know, for about the next 10 minutes, kind of geek out a little bit. And to throw some things out there for us to consider, and, and, and maybe we can just consider them together. I don't want to come across that these are like the answers. These are just things to think about and hold. That might give you a little different sense of how this thing of spiritual purpose and relationships, how the two can... Can fit together and work. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't offer it as a program. I would offer it more as a dance. Kind of ideas we dance with. Ideas we can we can just get a sense maybe of movement or a scent of a new direction we might want to take in our lives. Well, the first is just looking at at the soup of things. Like okay? I think these three words here, purpose, desire, commitments. It's interesting, in in our world, you know, stepping over here for a second, so much of our world, again, and we talked about this last week, is based on, okay, I've got to start with my desires. What do I want? And not a bad question, actually. The challenge, however, as we noted last week, is what if you want the wrong things? You know, I want ice cream and donuts. Like, probably not good to have that all the time. So. We have to sort of have this other sense, and it has to be put within a context. And what I'd ask you to think about is is maybe this. Maybe if we come from purpose first, then desire, then to commitments, maybe that's one way to start to flip the script a little bit. What is our purpose? Why are we here? Easy cheat sheet answer is to serve. If I was to come up with the two-word answer, that's what it would be, it would be to serve. And service sort of pulls us back from necessarily what are always our desires. For those of us, or for those of you who are either in, you know, in, in you know, teenagers or uh, you know, parents of teenagers, think about, think about household chores, right? Like who really wants to actually do the dishes? Let me clue you in. No one. No one wants to really do the dishes. But, but it's within that purpose. And then we, then we look at the purpose of, of having a household and having a household with a sense of, of at least a little bit of, of you know, and this is going to sound so old fuddy-duddy, but, you know, has a little structure to it and, and we can rest in that structure. And then, and then we can desire, you know, when we put the desire in that context of that purpose, it's a very, very different thing. I mean, even folks, like, I, I find for me, I try to time myself doing dishes because I make the task out to be such a huge thing. I have this desire to watch football. Dishes need done. So I have found out I can do dishes in eight minutes. But in my mind, in my mind, it's like it's going to be an hour chore. I won't be able to watch any football. That's not true. So, so folks, can't really, like, think about it. Think about a purpose where you've stepped into, where you stepped into something and you knew it. Again, either you discovered the purpose or the purpose discovered you. And you stopped, you know, you know you're in your purpose when you stop thinking, essentially. You're no longer, you know, all the paralysis by analysis, the head bullies, all that garbage we, we talk about. And we've just stepped into it. Just imagine, what are the desires for you that come out of that place? Notice the desires that aren't there. The desire to be right goes. (laughs) The desire to judge everything goes. The desire to connect, though, to relate, that doesn't go, it grows. That's, That's kind of startling. And then then we, and this is again a language we don't use much in this day and age, but I think it's language we need to work at recapturing. From that, then we have to create commitments. What are the commitments that we're going to make that will help to serve serve in those times when the love is not present, when the desire is not there? I mean, that's what commitments are all about. Commitments create, create sort of a scaffolding for those times when we frankly don't feel like it, whatever that it is for you. And what if you got your life down to four commitments? What if you got your life down to a commitment around spirituality or God, a commitment around other people, a commitment around deep relationship? You know, here we're talking community and then what's a deeper relationship? And then as well, what would a commitment look like? A commitment to, to really to your best self. To your best self. What does that look like? And how do we set up these commitments so that, so that they, they help to work us and help to move us forward in our lives? I think that's a really fascinating question to have. And again, folks, this is something we dance with. I mean, if you came here with someone in a car or you're driving with, with, uh, with your partner right now, like, feel free to do. I know we have, we have one couple, for example, they, they, they listen to the service uh, as they go on a walk and they'll pause and they'll have a conversation. This would be a good pause point just to talk about that. Like, yeah, how do you see that? How do you see the way that, the way that purpose, desire, and then commitment works? What's your purpose? How do we align our desires with that purpose? There's something revolutionary and then, how do we create commitments out of that that will that will leave us in good stead when the love isn't there, which it's not always going to be there? And let's let's look really specifically, folks, at, at how this might look. Let's start looking at it with work and relationships, with work and relationships. So, when we look at it with work and relationships, we spend so much time. I mean, uh, you know, I. I probably spend eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours a day. I imagine you probably do the same. And for those of you who are working full time, probably do the same thing. We spend a lot of time at work. And, and jobs tend to flourish when the relationships are good. I know many, 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 many people, and I hear this again and again. Uh, many people are in jobs they may not like, but they like the relationship so much, they're not going to leave that job. And other people may have the perfect job, but the relationships don't work and they're ready to pack it in. I mean, those relationships are critically important in work. They really make a difference, they really matter, as they do with relationships. So I, I'm gonna show you this graphic here, and it's a bad graphic, I wanna be upfront about that. It doesn't look great, I, I can't find a way to capture it. So this is just this is just sort of a very you know, generic attempt to, to kind of look at some things. I, I think, folks, when we start to hold purpose center, we start to hold purpose center, and then we think, all right, what's the use that I can serve, and what's the good that I can serve here? So if you think of the top as being work, and the bottom as being relationship, and that's, that's not in a hierarchy. It's just I have this big sense of purpose. How do I apply that to work? How I can be useful in the world? And how can I apply that down here to relationships? How can I serve good? I think that's, that's a way to think about it because even folks, like, said this many times, but, but that famous line from, the, from the, the man from the head of the Unitarian Universalist, the great part about people in the new church is, is that they believe even their jobs are holy. I love that line. Of course your job is holy. It'll drive you nuts. You know, other people will drive you crazy, but it's holy. It is a way to give back to the world to serve sincerely, justly, and faithfully other people. So how does this work? Well, I would start out with work number one. Serve the use in the job. We talked about that a little bit last week. Serve the purpose in the job. Don't see the job as serving you. I mean, obviously like all work serves us to a certain extent. So we, so we don't wanna overdo that. And, and if we're in a job that is absolutely soul sucking, <laughs> probably a pretty good sign to do something else. But really look for like, if you're in that job, what are you gonna do? I mean, think of it this way, folks. Imagine I'm a home builder, right? And I'm thinking, my job is to build a house. That's one way to look at it, not a bad way to look at it. A more purposeful statement might be, oh, yeah, actually, I'm here to sit down and create a home with someone. Wow. That's different. Building a house, creating a home, two different things. And and obviously, you want to to connect them, but the the power of that, where we really start to see this, we really start to see this, and we see it as purpose, and what's, here's a house, well, what's the use of a house? Well, the use of a house is to create a home. What does that look like? And I think it should start with the question, where's the fireplace gonna go? You know, because just imagine that. I mean, I've been in some wonderful places. They really had this home feel to them, you know? Beautiful spaces. I'm just I'm thinking of that today because the last, one of, one of my favorite homes in the area is one where I got to watch the last Eagles Super Bowl victory, just saying. It's fun to watch that, and it's fun to watch that discovery, like what is the purpose here? And, and much of the time, folks, I think what we need to do to discover that at work is to learn to be quiet. <laughs> so much of the time we can come at these things with an agenda with our view of what the use is but remember I said the ultimate of spiritual purpose is to serve so in order to serve you really have to learn to listen I mean listening is one of the most holy things we can offer other people and just imagine again if you're a home builder And you're building houses and you really try to listen to other people about yeah what is it what does it look like what does it sound like to create a home asking them that question what does creating a home mean to you beautiful stuff and folks you can again you can see how this ties back again to this idea of of how we have our purpose That's what our purpose is, to create a home. Then we look at the the desires in it. We want to do all this, that, and the other thing. And then these commitments, in other words, these work orders, these architectural plans, these statements of this is how we're gonna do that. Those all matter. And they'll come to matter even more over life. Now, what about relationships? I love this one about relationships. This is a very much a Christian New Church perspective. With relationships, we serve the good in the neighbor. that is what we are to serve. We are to serve the good parts in each other. That, that's, that, is, that is a game changer, by the way. Do people make mistakes? Do all of us have bad habits? Do all of us drive each other crazy? Absolutely. And we need to constantly practice to see through that. It doesn't mean we don't address those parts, right? But we, the primary thing has to be to look through it, to look to what is the real good in this person. And again, that gets back to that little bit of heaven. The, every single person has it. I know that to my core. Some people totally asleep to it. Some people need to be, you know, put in different places because, because they can't quite access it. But that doesn't mean you can't work it at least as best as you can seeing it even in the most difficult, challenging relationships that you have to keep at arm's length. Hold your intention around working towards seeing the best in that person. What is the good there and how do you serve it? So let's take a look at some of the answers we've gotten here today. We got a bunch. And again, my apologies, folks. We don't always go over all the answers, but there's some beautiful ones here. A friend I greatly admire told me that I get along with and work well with people of all different types and personalities. He said it makes me a good leader because I think so highly of him his comments were actually humbling. It's beautiful. Mr. Purvis, my ninth grade science teacher, where I was getting C's in his class, he took me aside after class and said if I could do B work, I could receive a full scholarship as a student athlete for how I played baseball. I did and I did. California. Congregant answers becoming a pastor of a challenging Methodist church without formal training huge growth opportunity for me My Grammy always sees in me. Oh grandmas are good at this My Grammy always sees in me that I am strong and I can make it through hard times and struggles Whenever I feel like things won't be okay. She helps me find the strength within to pick up and carry on Another person writes literally everyone parents spouse my kids See, the betterment of my potential. Colleagues, strangers, a pastor I know. It's ubiquitous and reflected back, I hope. Another person writes, their therapist does it. And it's, it's, just, it's such an interesting question, folks, to think about. And, and just let's, let's just think for a minute here. Imagine, this gets a little bit into that one person, what the one person said about everyone. Imagine, folks, that, that the world we create, if we really all did that, imagine the world we create it's kind of fun to think about what what would happen if we literally that became our endeavor we woke up in the morning literally thinking okay my job is to see the best in these other people and that starts at home degrees in the neighbor and then it flows out and what happens folks when there when there is that oneness there's these these beautiful, beautiful ideas around spirituality. Here's one from the book Secrets of Heaven. When there is oneness, one never appropriates to themselves someone else's joy, or takes away their freedom, but instead cherishes and supports those things. Folks, just imagine again, imagine like this is such a good world, right? Imagine we have a a world where we're really trying to lean into what other people truly enjoy. Now again, It's important to know that if they're enjoying bad things, it's not gonna be helpful to enjoy them enjoying bad things. We're talking the healthy joys in their life. And you really lean in enough to find that and enjoy that with them. Boy, that's good. Just imagine that. Imagine if, if you're in a stuck relationship right now, imagine how much it would shift if the two of you were sharing joy and not complaint. There's a game changer. And then this, this other part of it that I love, imagine leaning into the freedom part of it, too. And, and freedom is not license. It's not saying, look, whatever you want is fine. It's not it at all. You know, it's, it's, it's this freedom. It's knowing that the true freedom we can lean into with someone else is helping them to come alive to what they truly love, helping them to come alive to their purpose. If you are around someone who is doing what they truly love, who is doing what they, what they were created to do, they are totally free. They're totally free. Imagine supporting that. Combine that with joy. There's a world. There's a place we can live. There's, there's something we can imagine. And I think that's the world Jesus talks about all the time. And we see, that, we see that difference of these onenesses you know, all throughout the Bible. Jesus talking about it, Old Testament talking about it. Here are a couple folks from, from the New Testament. Again, New Testament was written when Jesus was here on earth. This is from Matthew 19. Here's one talking about marriage. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, and that word joined there, I love that word joined. It actually means yoked together, like two two draft horses yoked together. Let not man separate. Now, of course, there's qualifiers there. People do get divorced. Some of us don't find a partner in this life, though God promises promises us one and the other. Some of us have relationships, marriage relationships that are deeply strained. This this is not to say it's not to create a guilt trip. It's just to say, like that oneness when it can be created is really powerful, really powerful at these most intimate relationships we have. And and notice the oneness that it's talking about here, folks. It's it's so oriented towards purpose. What God has yoked together, you know, in other words, like yoked together, what, what, what God has put together to move towards a purpose. It's, it's why one of the most tricky things I find to explain, because I sometimes just don't have great words, is, is trying to explain as I'm working with, with, uh, with couples, um, your relationship, you know, is actually more than just your marriage, which is kind of interesting. It's more than just your marriage. There's got to be a sense of purpose to it, a sense of being yoked. And I love that idea of it side by side. It's what are we trying to pull towards? What are we trying to do? That language then does get expanded out there into broader forms. This is the famous prayer, the oneness prayer that Jesus offered. This is shortly before the Easter story. And here he's talking about people. He said that they may be one as we are one. He's praying to God and he's saying that they may be one as we are one. I and you, you and me, us and them. Incredible oneness. And notice, folks, how that how that oneness, like it, it levels the playing field. We're no longer thinking in terms of hierarchy. We're thinking in terms of community. How do we move forward en masse? How do we move forward with relationship? that critical relationship part that we've, that we've been talking about. That oneness, folks, is kind of interesting, right? That oneness, even though the word one is in there, that oneness does not happen outside of relationship. So how do we do that? How do we create that? I don't have the exact answer, but I think those are the kinds of things we have to dance with We have to try to think through as we try to get better and better relationships. So when I come back, I'm going to talk about this beautiful idea of how do we, in the end, take this relational approach to purpose and live lives, live lives of great meaning.
1: in my head Should I let my heart keep listening Cause up till now I've walked the line Nothing lost But something missing I can't decide What's wrong, what's right Which way should I go If only I knew what my heart Heart was telling me Don't know what I'm feeling Is this just a dream? uh oh, oh Yeah If only I could read the Signs in front of me I could find the way to Who I'm meant to be uh oh, oh If only If only Every step, every word, with every hour I am falling in. To something new, something brave, to someone I I have never been. I can't decide what's wrong, what's right. Which way should I go? If only I knew what my heart was telling me. Don't know what I'm feeling. Is this just a dream? Oh, yeah. If only I could read the signs in front of me. I could find the way to who I'm meant to be oh, oh. If only It's just a dream oh, 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 If only I could read the signs in front of me I could find the way to Live, it's Angela. I just want to invite you all to consider making a donation to New Church Live. Your donations support all the things that happen here, like our upcoming small group on What Is My Purpose, which launches next week and there's more room in both groups meeting on Wednesday and Thursday evenings. Just go to the events tab on our website and there's more de- details there. We hope you'll consider supporting this and all the other upcoming initiatives. We rely on your generosity and it's really important. So if you want to make a donation, all you have to do is text the word "New Live" all one word, all lowercase to 77977, or go to our website and make a donation there. We hope you'll consider making a donation today. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you, Angela. So, folks, to wrap up here, it's, it's just, I mean, this is such good stuff to talk about, and it's so enriching in the in the, the Bible, Christianity, new church theology, it all has so much to say around this idea of purpose. And it's it's not that, that purpose, or I want to start out with this. It's not, if you have a sense of purpose, it's not going to make life easier. Really important. I think, I think with any spirituality, there's a lot of like, gar- sorry, I shouldn't say garbage preaching, but I'll say garbage preaching. You know, where, where people will talk about it like, This is the solution to all problems, and once you have this spiritual purpose, all problems go away, or you know, you make all kinds of stories around that. That's not true. In some way, if you have a sense, a deep sense of purpose, life will probably get harder. Because that sense of purpose is gonna override your desire, your deep desire, your understandable desire for safety and comfort because you're gonna realize there's stuff more important than your safety and your comfort, however you define safety there. Don't wanna do anything foolish, obviously. But that purpose becomes so important. Last week we looked at Martin Luther King. His sense of purpose did not make his life easier. He literally gave his life for that sense of purpose. And I don't think, I think very few people are called to give that level, but we are called you know, to give our life to this purpose. And that, that's men in two sense, senses. One is, yeah, give our life this sacrificial thing, lay down your life for your friend, as they would say, as Jesus would say. But this also give your life, give your life. Give that part of you that, that just comes alive, give that part of you to your purpose. And not just to sports. Again, nothing the wrong with sports, but, but how do we give that, you know, give, give that real jolt, give it over to purpose. There's something to think about, because folks, I think, I think uh, uh, and this is a big one, we need to learn to place our energy into making your, our relationships, your relationships, meaningful, not perfect. That's really important, because so much of the time, and I, I imagine I'm speaking for all of us here, we think everything needs to be perfect. All the relationships need to be perfect, all the this needs to be perfect, we need the perfect job, and the perfect house, the perfect this. It's not going to happen. Will not happen. Imagine, imagine instead that we really, really got that it's, it's meaningful. Because if we're in the perfect game, if we're really believing, yeah, I'm only going to be in relationships that are perfect, you're going to find a lot of people. You're going to be throwing a lot of people out of your relationships. Because they somehow won't measure up. But instead, if I can come from this perspective of meaningful that's able to hold the good days and the bad, the sunshine and the clouds, because that's what meaning is. Meaning always has this both and thing to it. Perfection doesn't. Now it was interesting, we, we put out on social media what did people see as the difference between perfection and meaning. We got dozens and dozens of answers, and I picked a top 10, so I'm gonna read through these real quickly. But just is, these are good answers in terms of how to see this difference between meaningful and per- perfect. And to think again, tying it all together, we're talking about purpose and relationships and how we learn relationships. And this is just a final bit of like, final idea to dance with. Is really, really, really lean into the meaningfulness of relationship. That it really has meaning to it. So here's, here's some for you folks. Meaningful is possible, perfect is not. Meaningful is love-driven, perfect is ego-driven. Meaningful is real, perfect is theory. Waiting for things to be perfect is a hard way to live life. Wanting things to be meaningful is a loving way to live life. With perfect, there is no room for improvement. Meaningful is what you get when you start striving to get it right. Meaningful is human. Perfect is God. Meaningful is not always perfect. Meaningful is when we are doing God's work, when we are taking care of other human beings. This is a great line. Perfect is a bit of an illusion we all seem to strive for. Well said. That's from out in western Pennsylvania. Meaningful is what you value. Perfect is what you think others value. I could do a whole sermon on that one. These are are beautiful lines, folks, and beautiful thoughts. So, So in closing today, you know, I just ask us all to think, like, dance with these ideas. What's purpose? How do you align your desires to purpose? How then do you live that in with commitments? How do you seek, really, to dive into these relationships both at work and just your personal relationships with this sense of purpose, what does that look like? And can you do it with the sense that it's about the things that are meaningful, it's not a search for perfection? I mean, boy, life really comes alive when we do that. And the last bit is, you know, be the rainbow. Be the rainbow in someone else's cloud. like. We all love that, right? We all love when someone sees something in us that we didn't see. It makes a huge difference in our lives. I would, I would challenge you to do the same thing for someone else today. See something in them that you, you have a suspicion they may not see in themselves. It's not about ego inflation. That's about really looking into their true they are, who they truly are, that they may have lost track of. So we're going to close here. With a charge, same kind of idea, sexy word, got the idea, from Maya Angelou talking about being a rainbow in someone else's cloud. Maya Angelou.
2: There's an African American song, 19th Century, which um, is so great. It says, When it looked like the sun wasn't gonna shine anymore, God put a rainbow in the clouds. Imagine. And I've had so many rainbows in my clouds. I had a lot of clouds. But I have had so many rainbows. And one of the things I do when I step up on a stage, when I stand up to translate, when I go to teach my classes, when I go to direct a movie, I bring everyone who has ever been kind to me with me. Black, white, Asian, Spanish-speaking, Native American, gay, straight, everybody. I said, come with me. I'm going on the stage. Come with me. I need you now. Long dead. You see? So I don't ever feel I have no help. I've had rainbows in my clouds. And the thing to do, it seems to me, is to prepare yourself so that you can be a rainbow in somebody else's cloud. Somebody who may not look like you, may not call God the same name you call God, if they call God at all, (laughs) you see? And may not eat the same dishes prepared the way you do, may not dance your dances or speak your language, but be a blessing to somebody. That's what I think.
0: That's so good, that's so good, so good, so good. So, so folks, I love where she says, like, I gather everyone, I bring them with me. That's, that's oneness, that's oneness. When we gather each other, we move forward and we move forward with purpose, with this idea of relationship, relationality, being so important to how we live that mission out. So friends, Have a great week. Have a very meaningful week. Have a week filled with relationship and relationships that is infused with the deepest purposes of your heart. And have a great week. What we're going to do now, friends, is we're going to close with a prayer, with a little blessing, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today and thank you, Lord, for the ability we have to be in conversation around purpose and around relationship. Help us, Lord, to lean into those places where relationship might be currently hard. To really lean into it with maybe a new sense of purpose, a new sense of what is the good that I can reach for here, what is the good I can serve in this other person, even if they can't see it. At least, Lord, give me the intention to see it as best I can. And for those relationships, Lord, that are going well, help us well there. For us to continue to lean in to the good embedded there, to the good in that person, to the good in their family, to the good in their connections, help me to lean in there as well. And this time with a sense of celebration. And Lord, help us all to move forward into this life with this deep sense of oneness and connection of relationality, of purpose, of meaning, a life meaningful, meaningful, rich, deep, blessed, broken, shared, and in the end, precious. Your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his face upon you and smile. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a good week.
1: He says, hate knows love's the cure. You can rest your mind assured that I'll be loving you always. Yes, now can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow, but in passing we'll grow older every day. Just as all is born is new, do know what I say is true? I'll be loving you always. Till the rainbow burns stars out in the sky. Always. Until the oceans cover every mountain high. Always. Until the dolphins fly and bear its livid Until the dream of life and life becomes a dream. Did you know the true love asks for nothing? Her acceptance is the way we pay Did you know that life has given love a guarantee To last through forever and another day? Cause there's time to move on since the beginning And the seasons know exactly when to change Just as kindness knows no shame Know through all your joy and pain That I'll be loving you always As today I know I'm living But tomorrow Can make me the past But that I mustn't fear For I'll know deep in my mind The love of me I left behind I'll be loving you always And the night is near. Night becomes the day all Until the trees and seas just up and fly away Always Until the day that eight times eight times eight is four Did You know you loved by somebody Until the day, day that is the day that are no more I'll be loving Did you, you forever I turn turning right and left Always just as the sun denies itself, Always, and dead, yeah, and Mother Nature no says, away away is space but you can bet your life times that and twice it's double that God knew exactly where he wanted you to be blessed so make sure when you say you're in it but not of it you're not, not having it. to make this earth sometimes top case yeah. change your words in the truth and then change that truth into love maybe, maybe I'll just to your children, kids, but children, children but their children, kids, but kids, children kids, but kids, 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 will tell I'll be loving you until the day I'm turning right to love. I'll be loving I'm you till the genius, until the day that the sun is set. Always. Nature says her work is through. Always. They think you are me and I am you. Uh. Till the rainbow burns the stars out in the sky. Oh, sky. Until the oceans cover every mountain Every mountain, no. i living Oh, I'm in me. Away, 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 Oh, wait. oh, wait. oh, wait. oh wait.
0: Guys, have a great week.